0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. Now, the weather, uh, especially in the Dublin area, the minute and the southeast, uh, is having a big effect. There's thunder and lightning here um, in RTE, and that's outside the building. It's normally inside the building, but it's outside the building. But Alan O'Reilly of Carlo Weather has some breaking news uh, of uh, very unusual, something that's been struck by lightning and is on fire. Alan, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. What's happened? Well, it appears that one of the wind turbines off the Arklow coast, one of the offshore wind turbines has yeah. been struck by lightning and has gone on fire with smoke wow. billowing out of um, the wind turbine at the moment with intense lightning. There's a huge amount of lightning strikes along the east coast in the last hour and a half. Now, the Arklow Bank is the first wind, wind farm in Ireland. It's the first wind farm in, in the world, apparently over a certain megawatt, over three uh, megawatts. It's located in the Arklow Bank. It's clearly visible from the sea. How did you find it? When, when did this happen, Alan? How did you find out? Um, in the last hour, and one of my followers on Twitter, a farmer actually was the first one to report it to me. Um, he sent me a picture through with binoculars showing the smoke billowing out, and there's been a few more reports since then. Um, people have been sending me pictures of it. Um, I've seen it, actually. I, I saw it this summer. I was camping in Red Cross in Wicklow, and as you go oh, up yeah. the hill, it's very yeah, visible. Yeah. It's very very easy to see it there. Oh, it's the very, very prominent, and there's, there's a... There's planning permission to extend it and some of the locals are opposing it as well. And then there's there's wind turbines back up again towards Crohan. Um So it's, it's a big... And, and apparently that, that... Oh, I see it now and I retweet it. Um, that is a serious fire in terms of, thankfully, there's no one on it, no maintenance people near, next or near it. Uh, but it's, um, it's in trouble, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, it definitely looks like it's in trouble and I don't know how easy it's going to be to, to, to re- resolve that, but uh, at least it's offshore. It's just surrounded by water and nothing else, and thankfully. Yeah, but that, that wind farm, does that not supply nearly all of Wicklow? Well, it would on a good day, I suppose. When the wind's going, certainly, and at the moment we could do it every kilowatt, never mind megawatt, Joe. Yeah. OK, what, is there much lightning around? Huge amount of lightning strikes. Um, it was out in the Irish Sea. I, I tweeted this morning, Sean. It was. I said it was like a disco in the Irish Sea. There was an awful lot of lightning strikes, but they moved um, on shore. And in the last hour and a half, there's been a huge amount of lightning strikes, with torrential downpours as well, Joe. So some flash flooding likely as well from Gory right up along the east coast and has moved into Dublin and is going to continue to move kind of north of east. Um, so up towards Loud and Dock and then heading up along the east coast is going to see it. There's, there's been hundreds and hundreds of lightning flashes. There was there was also a lot last yeah. night actually in the south, Joe, um, which uh, a lot of my followers, I, I shared a video from Ross Carberry where the sky was just lighting up constantly in, uh, in Cork last mm-hmm. night in West Cork. Um, but it's the East Coast that's got it, and there's an orange warning in place for eastern coastal counties um, until midnight tonight. There's more thunderstorms expected later tonight. Now, there, there are difficult things to forecast where exactly they hit, but more expected torrential downpours again. And I was just looking there before I came on air, which there's a weather station in Ashford and County Wicklow has already had over 55 millimetres of rain since midnight. So if, if we get another 40 or 50 millimetres, that's going to start putting pressure on streams and rivers. And how do you... Um, it's a pretty spectacular photograph. I'm sure it's going to be in all the newspapers tomorrow. That's the wind turbine off uh, Arklow, at the Arklow Bank there off Arklow Rock, um, is on fire after being hit by, uh, hit by lightning. And the fact that it's out in the middle of the sea, I suppose, makes the photograph all, all more dramatic. I, Alan, I, I don't presume you know the answer to this, but what should people do in a lightning strike or what should they not do? What well, is- um, the old tale of stay away from the windows and things generally, but it, it's mainly really, I suppose, is, is take care in terms of don't be standing out in a thunderstorm because lightning will always look for the quickest route to, uh, to kind of, I suppose, reach the ground. Um, so standing under a big tree is not a good idea either. Um, so it's generally just, you know, stay inside, really, Joe. It's, it's generally in a thunder and lightning storm. But it's, it's the conditions can change so quickly in these thunderstorms. A lot of people messaged me last night, especially mm-hmm. at night time. You're driving along and everything's fine. And then all of a sudden, it's like somebody turns on a shower and the visibility goes down to zero. Because when those thundery downpours hit, it changes very, very quickly. And also you get surface water. So, again, people driving at the moment or driving later tonight, expect the unexpected because you could come around mm-hmm. a corner 
and all of a sudden there's a, a flash flood on the road. And Alan, are we, I, I know it's um, it's it's in a, it's moved. Uh, Kerry and where is it? Kerry and Cork are now downgraded to a status yellow. But um, should somebody go out walking in a park in Dublin this afternoon if there's lightning storms? Well, I wouldn't be walking in a park where you're probably the tallest thing standing on the ground, Joe, to be honest with you. Um, but the thunderstorms will clear off. They're, they're already starting okay. to clear north. So once the activity dies down, just, just sit tight. Sit in and listen to live line for the next hour and a half or so, Joe. And, okay. And, and I, know pe- I know people go walking with live line every day. A lot of people, I'm exhausted by the end of it. I'm all the walking. I do. But I know people go walking with, like, maybe stay indoors, especially if you're on the East Coast this morning with that. How do you put out a fire on at sea? on a wind turbine. Robbie Martin. Robbie, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you? How do you, how do you know how to put out a fire at a wind turbine that's never happened before in Ireland? Well, there's only one suggestion I can make. Okay. It's foam. Smother the plane. There's no use putting water on it because obviously the load of rain that's after falling on it, you think it would help okay. and it hasn't. Well, we'll ask... Um, the, the only the only foam uh, tenders, well, in in Ireland, are in the big ports. There's a, I think there's three of them in Dublin. Well, they're tugboats, but they they double up as as uh, firefighting uh, ships as well. Um, we last Dublin port and Doxboards have, have they been asked to go down to Arklow? Because the only thing I can think of now from Arklow is a wonderful lifeboat, but they 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 don't have any firefighting gear, and I no, presume they wouldn't have any of that. Okay, they wouldn't. Have that. The only thing I can suggest is the foam that I know that I know of. It's the smudge of the flame, like you know. And are you, are, you, are you a fireman? I mean, Fire. I was retired twenty years ago. Firefighter, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well done. Well, I had one one fire like that. It was a fire, and we we put the foam on this, and we eventually got it out. But uh. The like of that now, I don't know what about the turbines out in the sea. Yeah. I'm not a, a, a seaman. Yeah, but the so. problem is, Robbie, there's two foam tenders in Dublin, one in North Strand and one down in, in Tara Street. By the time they get out to Arklow Bank, the fire will be gone out. <laughs> I, I'd have <laughs> be gone to the bottom of the sea. Hopefully not. Well, the only thing is ask for them. Uh, yeah, we last Dublin Port and Docks Board if they have they been. Could help, like, you know, something like that. Well, the Air Corps were brilliant up in, uh, in the, the fires up in Holt and Kalini. Well, they always are. They always are. Um, yeah, brilliant. The and where, did, like where did you serve as a firefighter, Robbie? I served all over. Well, where were you based? Were you, which, which, uh, which brigade were you with? The Dublin Fire Dark Brigade. Dublin, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. I can't pass it. Are you on drugs? No, I don't know what I'm supposed to know. I want to tell the doctor to change them. <laughs> What's your dog's name? Uh, Lulu. Lulu? Lulu. Will you tell Lulu to stop singing because she can't sing like Lulu? Oh, well, mother of God. you're a brave man, you come down and tell her to stop singing. It's a thunder of light and it's upset. Oh, uh, and then the bangers. Halloween. Well... Yes, yeah, but if I could get a hold of some of them with the Halloween, I'd, I'd stick them up there, clear right. my house and write them, see how well they write that. Because the dogs get terrified, don't they? They do. Baby. But dogs, Lulu, Lulu is reacting to the thunder and lightning there. Yeah. Okay, there must be a lot of it. Where are you in Dublin 12? Okay, Robbie, so, so we, well, we, so we last Dublin Port and Doxport have they been asked to send down one of their tugboats to try because they have to put out the fire it's I presume and I also presume Alan maybe we'll try and get an expert on wind turbines are those wind turbines do they separately supply to the grid or are they interconnected in other words if one of them goes down which one of them has gone down in Arklow uh, if one of them goes down in Arklow do the whole lot of them go down great question Joe but uh, I'm afraid I'm not the man to answer it I know like with the newer solar panels, you know, you, you can lose one panel and the others will continue to work. But with the older ones, they used to be all kind of connected in sequence. So I'm not sure with those older ones, Joe. Hopefully the others can keep generating the power. And have you seen this this uh, app that people are sending into the, the, the real-time lightning map? Yeah, I shared that on my Twitter. That's why I Oh, good lad, good lad. Good so good the, the good lightning good. in Ireland and the UK at the minute is centred over Dublin. It is, yeah, yeah, and, and that's why... And then offshore, way, way, way south, but offshore, but it's totally centred over Dublin. 
It is at the moment, yeah. The, the Wicklow Mountains in Dublin um, getting most of the strikes. And, and there's been, as I said, have moved a little bit. They were further south, so they were kind of over North Wexford, South Wicklow, and they've moved then into Dublin now, so they're hitting Dublin City. And, and just with that dog going mad, I always, Joe, after thunderstorms, I get people trying to get me to share messages about dogs gone missing because the poor dogs take off. Oh, did I, yeah. So if you, if you are in Dublin and you have pets, make sure to keep them in because, unfortunately, the thunder lightning... And is this thing reliable, fun. Alan, lightningmaps.org? Yeah, it's okay. using... Well, well, you, well you, if you can uh, pull it up there, it's just been pulled up for me. The, the lightning at the minute in Dublin is up around the Lavin Road, Dublin 7, Cabra. It's, up around, it's out in Dublin Bay, and then there's a big concentration of it around Hoth and off Hoth Head. A bit of it, oh, there's a bit of it in uh, the Bull Wall, right on the Bull Wall and the Causeway and the Waterman Road. But anyway, stay indoors. If there, oh, there's a lot of... I'm looking at it now closer up. There's a lot of lightning strikes at the minute. So in that area, stay indoors. That's the general message, yeah. Wait yeah. it out. It, it'll, it will clear off. And Robbie, but, do you remember when you were a child when there was thunder and lightning and you'd be frightened what your mother used to say to you, the noise was? Well, she used to say it was the almighty God playing in the house. But I was, I was never frightened of thunder and lightning, I have to say. Okay. I'm not trying to brag or boast. You know, it's, there's nothing you can do about it. It's the hand of the almighty God, and no one can okay. beat him. Now, my mother, you see, when we were all cowering under the stairs in Cladder Green, my mother used to say to us, that's just the, don't be worried, that's just the sound of the barrels rolling in Guinnesses. That's true. <laughs> Never heard that one. <laughs> God moving furniture was what <laughs> I was told. Sure. Probably my father oh. rolled in the battle thing. Yeah. Sarah O'Neill, Sarah. Hello. You you took the photograph. Is the turbine still burning? It is, yeah. There's just a plume of smoke coming off the top of it. Wow. Uh, it's one of the turbines. about seven of them out of there. So in the, along the row of them, one of them in the middle of the row is... Uh, Got a large plume of smoke on it for the last and it's maybe a, half it's hour. A, yeah, it's a spectacular photograph. When did you, when did you, you took it? Did you? Yeah, I took it about okay. an hour ago. Okay, we so had of, we had a lot of thunder and lightning here this morning. Yeah, so so you reckon it's it's been on fire for about an hour? About that, yeah. And people Never think because because they're seven or eight miles off. Now I'm not doing a father Ted here, uh, bigger close up, smaller further away, but um, they are massive. They are massive pieces of infrastructure. Anyone who stood beside a turbine knows how big they are. They, yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and where's Where's Anne Collins? Anne, good afternoon. Anne Collins. Yeah. Yeah. What's the problem, Anne? Talk to I'm Joe. I'm in Balbriggan, and yeah. I'm, a lo- I'm a lollipop lady. Yeah. And it's absolutely. I don't know whether you can hear the rain. I'm okay. sitting in the car. Yeah. And the thunder and lightning oh. is unreal. Okay. So I'm just wondering, should I get out my lollipop stick oh, in this God. weather? Oh, good God. Me there. So <laughs> How big is your lollipop stick, Anne? How oh, much, big what? enough. <laughs> Bigger than I am. <laughs> <laughs> is there a... <laughs> Would you not? Is there any builders or anyone around that you could say to? Would you mind holding me lollipop the stick for Listen, twenty minutes? I just know, want to, I have to run around to the post office. There's not a joke out today. Yeah. And what time are the children due out of school at? They're due out now in twenty in at twenty past two. Okay, Alan Balbriggan, get on the screen there. What's going to be like at twenty past two? Can Can Anne Collins produce her lollipop stick? Lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I might be keeping it down low, Joe. <laughs> okay. Keep it down low. It's safe to have it out. Isn't and what? <laughs> and um, what's it made of? It's iron. Oh, good luck. Yeah, it's very heavy. <laughs> and do, do lollipop ladies and gents do you get danger money? Oh, I say we do. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're paid okay. very well. Robbie, so Robbie, you're an ex-firefighter. What's your advice, Anne? Does she or does she not take out her lollipop stick? Well, if she does, she better hold it down low because a gust of wind like that will take her and the lollipop and Help stick it me. up on top of the spoil of the church. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to say that. Okay. And we'll no, have to I come don't. out then and get you down. Where's... I don't, where, okay, I, and don't even, I don't even think, Joe, I'm going to get out of the car. There's that much rain now coming down. Yeah. And what, what, what will the children do to get across the road? Well, most of them now have, have um, car, uh, coming in cars. There okay. might be only one or two, so I'll get out for those. Now, are right. you, uh, Anne, I know you have to have your stick, but is, are you not high visibility anyway? Aperture Joe, they can't see me. I know, well, especially in that... In that <laughs> they um, run. 
they that, run through me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we did that a few. I know, I know, I know. I stay, know. Okay, and, and stay, right, okay. stay listening, will you, Dan? Stay, okay, stay well, safe. No problem. And Thanks, just, just for the time being, I know you have you, you always bring that stick everywhere everywhere with you, that iron <laughs> lollipop stick, but try and, um, try and keep it away from you for the next few minutes, just in case. Marion, right. Marion, we'll go out. We're now going over to Malahide. Marion Bast, Marion Basto. What, what's happening in Malahide? Very heavy thunder and, and, and lightning here. Very, very close to us, the thunder. It's very what? loud. And, and torrential rain. And the indoors. I'm in bed with my four dogs around me because one of them is terrified. Ah. The others are not too bad, but one of them is shaking. Which... Just terrifying. It's dark here. It's like it's, it could be four in the evening if it ever, a winter's night in November. Yeah, it is. It was very dark yeah. out this morning and then lightning yeah. started around yeah. one o'clock here um, yeah. in this part of the city. And you're forward. What, who decided to get into bed? I did. And the dogs followed, <laughs> as they normally do. And, Marion, what are their names? No, that's a good thing. My little um, Chico is one of them. He's a, he's a terrier. Uh, sh- terrier. Oh, God. There you go. Come out from under. I... Come out from under the duvet, will you, Marion? I can't hear you. <laughs> then I, I have a, t- a miniature Yorkie who is under the duvet. Okay. And I have my friend's two dogs, two terriers, and um, Shitsu uh, kind of a dog. Shitsu. Wow. That's five. Okay. Yeah, five. Okay. Wow. Well, well, look, yeah, they're in the best place, and now they're, they're in the bed, and they're yeah. And they're ter- and, and they're terrified. Yeah, one of them is the, terrified. With the bangers, yeah. Who's that, Robbie? Yeah. It's Alan. No, oh, Alan, Alan, yes, Alan. Met Erin have just issued an orange thunderstorm warning for Dublin, Kildare, Loud, Mead and Wicklow until five o'clock now. And what does that mean oh. in English? I, what, what does it mean? All down Alan? the east coast front to get lashed. What does yeah, it mean, Alan? That's, is that, what's, is orange, what's after orange, red? Yeah, so that's, that's, that's an orange weather warning basically issued for thunderstorms. So that's the second, the second highest. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's, that's serious. It oh, is, yes, and thank those, you. Those, those strikes, as I say, are moving up along the east coast now. So yeah. those up along north of Dublin are in the firing line for the next little while. So an orange weather warning for, give it to me again, Dublin? For Dublin, Kildare, Loud, Mead and Wicklow. Yeah, right. Okay. okay. Well, that's, let's, let's, and, and Alan, out of 10, what is an orange warning? Is it an 8? Yeah, well, thunderstorm certainly, yeah, because it, it, it's unusual weather and it's a risk. Um, so why, certainly, yeah, well, that, that, that's a high level for thunderstorms. And any reason why we're getting thunderstorms at the minute? Very unsettled weather um, and warm air. So, we, we, you know, it's yeah, actually it's quite, quite mild. Warm. People yeah, know it's it. been very mild, yeah. Yeah, so Where's, you have let's, let's go. Let's go live to our um, Clondalkin correspondent, Eddie Bourne. Eddie. Thanks, Joe. Hello, how are you? How are you doing, Eddie, out there? I'm fucking soaked. Ah, no. Yeah, I well, was I was out in your territory, out in Ballyer. Yeah. Uh, I, I got the G1 bus, the new one. Great <laughs> service. Oh, very good. Okay, so you so when I ask you where you're ringing from, you're ringing from the waist down at this stage, are you, with the rain? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, I have, a, I have a rain jacket. I think it was belonged to Daniel O'Donnell. Okay. I got it up and down low in the charity <laughs> shop. And Eddie... And Daniel had just left. Eddie, is, the, is there lightning? Thunder and lightning? Yeah, I was sent to your researcher there, Joe. It reminded me of the early 50s. I was born in 1950, about 55. There's ferocious thunder and lightning. And it wasn't just a child's perspective. How do I know that? Because the man was trying to calm us down. And she said to us, count the number of seconds, lads, between the flash of lightning okay. and the clap of thunder. And in that way, you'll know whether the thunder is directly overhead or whether it's starting to move off. So thankfully here in Clondalkin, it, uh, in my layman's perspective, I reckon it has moved off and the rain has stopped. But Muggins here, I, w- I was on Woodford Walk, got off the G1, saw the 13 coming, and I got absolutely soaked. Slaughtered. But there, okay. what matter? I'm home now. Okay. Do, do, do you remember lightning, st- lightning storms when you were growing up, Eddie? I, I do. That's what I'm saying to you. Five years of age. Oh, sorry, and so that would have been the 1950s. So they're few and far between, aren't they? No, they weren't in the ni- in the early 50s, and this isn't a child's perspective. I distinctly remember them. Okay. So if you fast forward, yeah. In in we went to university the first year the government granting, 
uh, otherwise I wouldn't have seen the inside of a university. There'd be no money. Yeah, so we went to New York on the J1, and we were in Atlantic City. No job, nowhere to stay. And my Jesus, the lightning. Wow. It, it wasn't the sheet lightning like we have here. It was fork lightning, now, like you'd see in the films. Hopping off the, off, the, uh, off the boardwalk in Atlantic City. Wow. And there we were, no job, nowhere to stay. So I said to Paddy, my mate, to hell with this, Paddy, we'll go to New York. And then we got started okay. in New York a bit easier. So you went from a J1 to the J1 visa to the G1 bus. Well, you, now, it, you ha- now, now, now you have it. Now yeah. you have it. Okay, uh, um, um, Alan, thanks, Rob. Eddie, mind yourself, please. Uh, uh, Alan, is, what's the difference between fork lighting and sheet lightning? Yeah, so fork lighting is lighting that's uh, surface to ground. So uh, the strike comes down from the cloud and reaches and strikes a building or a tree okay. or a person, if I'm lucky enough, um, as we're sheet lightning, then is, is, is cloud lightning. So it's, it's lightning from cloud to cloud. So a lot of the, the lightning that we are seeing is, is um, sheet lightning, but there has been some, some fork lightning as well. Okay. And which is more dangerous? Well, fork lightning in general, I mean, obviously will strike something yeah. on the ground. And, and unfortunately, normally after thunderstorms like this, you actually hear about a, light, a lot of livestock being killed oh, that's because right, that's right. when the when when the strike yes, um, yes. Hits, hits the ground, it comes up to the to the livestock's feet and crosses their heart and, and kills them and goes out to the other leg. So the livestock that we that, that we often see photographed after the lightning storm are not killed by a strike of lightning directly. They're killed by lightning hitting the ground and being transmitted. Yeah, because of the wow. distance between their legs. Which is why there's an old tale about keeping your legs together when you're out in lightning. Is is that the passion? It, it goes through their heart. Um, there's there's reports in Finland and different places where hundreds and hundreds of deer have been have been killed during thunderstorms. And they, would they be killed by one or two strikes of lightning? In other words, they all individually weren't hit by lightning. No, well, a group would be standing in an area, yeah, so yeah. one strike could take out several several livestock. Yeah. Okay. Another warning. Stay there, Alan. And. Uh, Anne Corswell. No, Crossdale. Sorry, I, I'm, what's your second name again? I'm... Anne Crossdale, C-R-O-A-S-D-E-L-L. Okay, Crosswell. okay. Um, yeah. You, that's a lovely name. And um, how are you, Anne? You were up at 5.30 this morning. I was up at, I was up at 5, actually. Okay. And I was having me smoke outside the back door at half 5 in the morning. Right. And I, where my house is in Mountain Bay... I've a lovely fuse over Arklow Bay, which okay. see all the turbines. And there was a lovely bit of lightning going across the sky. Then there was a massive big bang. And this massive big blue light in one spot. Yeah. And then I noticed, then as I got a bit brighter, it looked like it was on fire. So do you, do you, well, do you think, when you were out having your smoke at five o'clock this morning looking out at the Arklow Bank and the wind turbines, was, was, were any of them on fire? One of them's on fire now. Was any of them on fire at that stage? Yeah, it, it, it did seem like, yeah, it was on fire, yes. So yeah, you, so you, you reckon it could be on fire for five or six, well, more? Well, well, half five, that's when I seen it all, and the bang, there was a bang after that. Okay, you weren't tempted to ring Arklow Fire Brigade, were you? Uh, well, at that hour of the morning, well, no. How would they get out? No. Did you? Yeah, they're not. Well, I they need they need tell them to get I, tell them to get their wellies on. Yeah, well, I have to have a couple of a couple of cup of teas and a, maybe yeah. two or three fags to wake me up. <laughs> okay, and do you go back to bed then? No, I stay up. I I, I stay up. And why do you get and, up? Um, why do you get up so early, Anne? Because I like to do things around the house. Well done. I like to get pen. I, I love sketching in art and oh, reading magic. books. And so I find lots of things to do. And oh. it's the best part of the day. That's true. You never know, you what, know. You, you never know what you might see. You see the wind turbine being blown up. Well, this is it. This is it. Okay. And you, does that mean you go you go to bed early? Um, It depends. No, if I'm watching mm. Netflix, I could be up to four in the morning. Some nights I might go to bed at nine. Depends on the Uber. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the, what's the last Netflix box set you um, stayed up till four o'clock in the morning watching? Um, shy job. <laughs> <laughs> There's not an awful lot on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, still, you still stayed up till four o'clock. 
like okay, to Anne, stay up. Anne, will you stay indoors, yeah. please? Oh, I love outdoors. I'm an outdoor yeah, person. Yeah, but if there's, well, the lightning has moved up from our club, hasn't it? Um, it seems to be calming down okay, now. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, it does. Well, are you yeah. not allowed to have a smoke in your own house, no? Um, I'm a heavy smoker. Yeah, we do sometimes, yes. Okay. Yes, that's, yeah, that's, absolutely. Yeah, okay. Do, do, do you know the gas thing about it is I have an e-cigarette on standby, so I'm, I am thinking about giving them up. <laughs> well, do try, will you? I know everyone you says know, that, don't I'm, I'm sure you I'm, do your best. I'm heading towards my 70s now at this stage, yeah, so I'm wondering if it's a good thing or a bad thing. You're still young. You're still young. Yeah, okay, but... and mind your, mind yourself down there in, in Arklow. Where is Seamus? Seamus, just lightning. Thunder and lightning. Be, be aware of what? Be aware of uh, electric shock. This is good if you use your landline particularly. If you use your landline... And there is a lightning strike. You, has, this ever, has this ever happened to you? It happened to me back uh, about two years ago, Joe, yes. Sounds like there's a seagull on your line or something at the minute. I'm actually driving at the moment, so I'm driving from Are you on a hands-free? I hope you better be on a hands-free. I'm definitely on hands-free. Good man, good man. Yes. Yeah, good man, good man. Okay, so you say if you have a landline and it rings, maybe stay away from it until there's, if there's lightning in your area. That would be my advice, Joe, yes, because I actually got a crisis shock from my own because my phone was on the wall when I answered it. And okay. I got quite a shock from the from the from the phone, yes. Okay, okay. Well it's, and where are you now, Seamus? As I said, I'm, I'm, I live in South of Scotland, but I'm driving from West Scotland to West Scotland at the moment. Just um, the uh, uh, what's the weather like? The weather is okay, but it's extremely dark at the present time now. Okay. Okay. Well, drive safely, drive safely. We had torrential rain earlier this morning. Yeah, OK, OK, well, drive safely. Alan O'Reilly, what's what's the update? Yeah, the latest strikes are just in around Maynooth, um, Dunboyne and Anall. Uh, that's where the latest strikes are hitting. And the heaviest of the rain is also in, in parts of North Clare, um, Dublin, West Dublin, North Dublin at the moment. So there's some still some torrential rain and still lightning strikes being detected, so... It's still ongoing, but as I said there, it is moving north. So, Hang on, um, bre- breaking news, Alan. The mm-hmm. Dahl Chamber is leaking. The rain is coming through the Dahl Chamber. Oh, Did you believe it? I know the place leaks like a sieve at the best of times, especially <laughs> the cabinet. But the, the roof of the Dahl Chamber is leaking. Yeah, I tweet, well, that's, Cal, that's Cattle Crow TD. And uh, I will retweet that on that. That's, he has images from inside, are you allowed, are you allowed to do what you are, it's televised. But there, there's clearly water coming down into the... See, they they, they probably didn't pay their water charges. <laughs> anyway, the Dodd Chamber is leaking. It's a pretty torrential storm in and around Dublin. And please don't text me. I know Dublin, everyone thinks Dublin. But that that is the the big news so far. Let's hope it's the only news. Please, God knows. The only news of the storm is that the one of the wind turbines in Arkla was on fire, has been hit by lightning. That's the big news. And let's let's hope it stays that way. And not not the wind turbine. Let's hope that's only the big news, Alva. Sorry. Okay, Alan, anything else up on your screen there? No, the only thing I'd say to you, Joe, is, is that if people are in areas prone to flooding, especially housing states, that all those leaves coming off the trees oh, are gathering in drains and blocking them. So there's a lot more of that heavy rain to come. So make sure your drains are, are cleared. Okay, okay. You mind yourself. Cheers, Joe. Well, thanks for all your info again. That's Alan O'Reilly. So the two bits of big news is, one, the doll chamber is leaking. Um, so they'll all have to either get corporate umbrellas uh, or move to the underground car park that they have. Haven't they got an underground car park there? Our, um, and the other thing is that a, a wind turbine off the Arkla Bank, one of the biggest wind farms in the country, has been hit by lightning and is on fire. We don't have the whole, the whole of the Arkla Bank is uh, off the grid at the minute. We'll find out. And we don't know if anyone is going to go out and try and put out the fire. OK, Joe at rt.ie, 51551 text. On 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. TD uh, Cahill Crow, Fianna Fáil, uh, tourism and uh, uh, spokesperson on tourism and aviation. Well, you were looking up to the sky there and you're take, taking your aviation brief very seriously, Carl. What's happening in the doll chamber? Well, the doll has sprung a leak, Joe. Uh, the roof of the doll chamber is leaking. So I was 
in the middle of a speech, and okay. it's like Murphy's Law at times, but I was speaking about a, a forest from plantation in Clare, and I explained to Taoiseach that the oak trees from Cratlow Woods in Clare actually formed the roof of the House of Commons. Okay. And as I was talking about the House of Commons roof and that the fact that County Clare oak beams were, were used to build it, uh, the doll chamber itself sprung a leak and down came the water. So it's pouring down on some of the front benches at the moment. And um, I suppose, uh, I don't have much hair left on the top of my head, but I was worried that the microphone uh, might shock. Well, it, well, well water is dangerous around electricity. And Cahill, has the chamber been suspended? Has the sitting been suspended? Uh, no, there was a okay. few more speeches afterwards, and the ushers have been in and out examining it. I don't well, know. Did, well, did, did the tarnisher run out and get one of his Tupperware dishes he brings in for lunch? <laughs> no, I think this needs a bucket at this <laughs> needs stage. A bucket, no, we, okay. We've, we've had That's... plenty of leaks around the doll, but this was the first water leak we've had. Yeah, but that, as you know, the House of Commons and the whole Westminster complex has been completely. It's a it's a long, long term project because the place apparently is falling down. Well, there has there any work been done recently on the roof of the doll chamber? Do you know? Not not the actual doll chamber. Now we were, as we were debating, we could see it flash up with bolts of lightning. There's, there's quite a nasty yeah. storm brewing out there. Uh, but no, the the, the roof um, it had remedial work I think undertaken about two years ago. That was mostly on the stonework. The roof was seemed to have been pretty strong, sturdy, yeah. and waterproof. And is there? I've, not, I've not never been in the doll chamber, obviously. But is 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 there glass? Is it a glass dome, or in other words, is there light coming directly in from the roof? There is. Yeah, there's a lovely okay. glass dome on the top of it, and it's, the water is coming from there. And if there's that much light coming in, Carl, how come it never makes any difference to the debates? <laughs> It lends itself to so many puns, doesn't it, Joe? It sure does. And you're, I know you have a particular interest in history, uh, but also, was was your father a firefighter? He was indeed, yeah. Okay. Well, it just he spent rem- his whole life looking for water, Joe. Okay. <laughs> well, just a reminder to people that lightning is is dangerous and just be be extra careful this afternoon. And, of course, uh, I don't know whether you heard, Cahill, but one of the... Uh, one of the wind, oh, that's all we need, isn't it? One of the wind turbines off Arklow Bank has been blown up by the lightning. It's on fire, so that's out of commission. That's all we need, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's a pretty nasty storm, but pretty look, nasty. Hopefully, okay. hopefully they'll patch this up with a bit of bit of duct tape and get us going again. Okay, and who's gone out to get the bucket? I think Leo's gone out for that, as you said. He's got the Tupperware, but surely he has a bucket as well. Okay. The T-shirt goes on his feet speaking, so oh, yeah. look, if nothing else, we're very glad well, to you see, there. Uh, Michal Martin sends half his life swimming off Court McSherry in the coldest season, and he's not bothered. He's but not bothered with a drop of water <laughs> on his, 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 his uh, head. OK, Carl Crow TD, go to Mila Maga for their up, up-to-date report live from inside the Doll Chamber. Uh, Joe at rt.ie, one is the text number. If Please be, please be extra careful when there's thunder and lightning around, as you heard, uh, back after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Lee Malloy, back to this uh, issue that came up again. As the fellow said, as they often do with Liveline, we began talking about Guinness paying for this full full hours programme about two lads going around Ireland drinking Guinness, uh, which went down to Virgin Media 1. We still haven't got an answer from Guinness or indeed from Virgin Media 1 about what was the, where the money came from, who paid for it. Um, but that brought us into uh, zero, zero alcohol and the phrase was introduced. It's been around for a while now. Alibi marketing. And Liam Malloy contacted us. He's in marketing. Uh, Liam, good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. And the thesis put forward by Kevin yesterday was, now he had two angles to it. One was zero, zero, no matter what the beer product, uh, bizarrely, incredibly, uh, unbelievably, Every zero zero product is almost the exact same labeling, configuration, shape, typography as the full alcohol version of the same. Is that deliberate, Liam? It is, and I have to say, you know, it's a brilliant marketing idea to the extent that you can have your same brand, your same um, visual impact, uh, and, and portray it as, as something totally innocent. And have it on any time of the day or night uh, because there's no advertising standards that actually govern against that. And okay. so you end up, you know, pitching it to young people. But do you think, well, but, but the companies not say, well, like we are, it is zero, zero, Carlsberg or Peroni or Guinness or whatever. We have to, we have to let people know. And the way to let people know that it's Guinness or Peroni is by 
putting it in very similar packaging. <laughs> yeah, but I have to say that what actually happens, Joe, in terms of the overall marketing spend, um, most of the marketing spend that occurs uh, in Ireland, certainly, and it's, it's estimated to be somewhere in the order of 200 and. 50 million on on alcohol alone that okay. that um, spend is a lot of it is below the line so what we see on television is is um, is actually fairly minimal compared to the overall spend and below the line you mean in in the shops mm. themselves a yeah, point but it's to, to do with product placement it's on you know it's in most of the soaps that we see um you know yeah. you only have to look at the british soaps in particular in the looks of likes of the uh, Coronation Street or the likes of uh, East Enders and the you know where the whole thing is centered around uh, the pub uh, and so from that point of view it just encourages uh, people to endeavor to get out and to to drink more alcohol I mean that's what these people are in business for yeah but are you saying if if you look at the rovers return the five or six taps that are on the counter though those individual drink companies would be paying to have those taps there Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And not only that, but, you know, there may be money going to, to people within those organizations to make sure that that occurs and that it occurs in the scripts and the likes as well. You also have the likes of, I mean, the problem, the problem is that the regular media, the genuine media are fed up with all of this. I mean, people who've lived with addictions and, and you know, particularly in Ireland in terms of people who have relatives with addiction, they're fed up of the whole thing. There's a kind of exhaustion when it comes to alcohol um, issues and alcohol addiction. So the media here tend to run a mile from it. And I mean, I've worked not just in Ireland, but I've worked in Europe and in America, and there's no doubt about it that what should be reported here is a bushfire, let alone a lightning fire. What should be reported as a bushfire is just not reported at all. And so you have a situation where... We really need a flying squad immediately to come in. Explain, expand, Liam, sorry, expand. Well, what I mean is that there's nobody in Ireland who hasn't got a relation or, you know, a relative or even somebody even closer to them who hasn't been affected by alcohol or other drug yeah, addictions okay. in some shape or form. And so from that point of view, there's kind of a, a, a you know, we have a very peculiar attitude to, to alcohol here. And as the CEO of, of Heineken said herself, she said that the Irish have a most unhealthy attitude towards alcohol, or relationship, she said. But in particular, the media here tend, the indiv- I mean, individuals make up the media. Okay. And, and so from that point of view, you know, they they feel somewhat stymied in not being able to report about it in a neutral way. And that's why I think we need a flying squad of journalists or whatever to come in from somewhere like Canada or New Zealand to actually report on the whole thing. Um, and uh, are you saying the media in Ireland are, are behind the door when they should be exposing yeah, I, this? I mean, I, I, I believe so. And I don't think it's any particular concerted campaign. I just think that yeah. we have this really weird relationship uh, with alcohol and we continue to normalize it. I mean, you know, you spoke at the top of the program about, you know, Guinness uh, and Guinness barrels and whatever instead of yeah, lightning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have this kind of folksy thing about it. Yeah, yeah, Even yeah. though, you know, Uncle Arthur, you know, caused, you know, death and destruction and had problems in his own family because of alcohol, you know. But alcohol isn't, it's banned, for, it's regulated, highly regulated. But it's not banned, Liam. No, it's not banned, and it shouldn't be banned either. But I'm just right. saying that we have a major problem here in that we have, okay, 15, so let, you know, 15% of young people between the ages of 15 and 24 apparently are addicted now to alcohol in some shape or form. And where do you get that stat from? That's from Alcohol Ireland. Okay. And Liam, what, what do you think of, well, two, two points, one... The Guinness and this program on Sunday, it was different. It wasn't just a, a, a tag at the end saying sponsored by Guinness. Guinness were all over it. Guinness are pushing it. Guinness are, have, I don't know whether they sold it to Prime in the UK. I don't know whether they sold it to Virgin Media One. I don't know if they offered it to RTE. We'll try and find out. We don't know who paid for it. It looks like Guinness paid for it. Lock, stock and barrel, pardon the pun. But if they, if they paid for it in totality... Did they say Guinness must feature Niall Horan and Lewis Capaldi must be seen drinking uh, pints of Guinness on at least four occasions, or the Guinness well, storehouse the, must be in? Or, yeah, well, that's that's it goes with the territory in terms of putting together a package like this, and a lot of this is 
you know, a nod and a wink, and and you know, it's all discussed, you know, over over, you know, dare I say, over a pint or whatever. But you have the situation mm. whereby all of that program, Joe, was heavily, heavily promoted on social media for a week before yeah, it went on, and that's allowed, and including TikTok. You know, yeah, where the vast majority of people will be young people. Did you, you've, you're familiar with that now, you know? Absolutely. Okay. No, you're familiar that it was promoted heavily. Absolutely. And the youth, well, again, Niall Horne and Lewis Capaldi are over, 20, are over 18. I, I don't doubt that, but it's the audience that, and I think that's what your gentleman was trying to say yesterday. Yeah, he, well, he, yeah, he, he stuck to it, in fairness to him, even though he he faced an onslaught. But he, Sure. Um, now, now if, when, when you make a, a, a TV ad for alcohol, yeah. Um, it, does it not stipulate that if there's one or more people drinking, that at least one of them must must not be drinking an alcoholic drink beverage? Is that not true? And I'm just wondering what regulations apply then when Guinness pay for the whole programme as they did on uh, at at the weekend. I can't answer that, Joe. But what I can answer is I've seen two ads since your researcher came on to me at the beginning of your programme, I've seen two ads for alcohol on television, and one of them was a cider ad, and the other was this famous Zero Zero Heineken one. And in both the ads, the people are dressed in sports gear, or there's sports gear related to it, and they're young. So the whole thing is pitched at, you know, basically the, the, the market that they want to get to, which is the young, you know, sporty market, ironically. Yeah. Um, and, and to give this image, because it's all about image and it's all about creating a story, you know. So Guinness could have easily, if they wanted to do a, a, a travelogue about Ireland and promote Ireland, which was one of the the umbrellas that people put over it yesterday, it was doing great work for Ireland. If they, they could have easily picked Tom Jones and Daniel O'Donnell, but that would have been the wrong demographic. They wouldn't have been aiming at that demographic, would they? Um, absolutely, because the growth for them is, is in the younger population, because bear in mind that 70% of alcohol in Ireland is actually binge drinking. And, and the people who binge drink tend to be the younger population. And what are they binge drinking on? Is it not, is it not cheap beer? Um, I, I can't comment on that, Joe, except to say that, you know, it's not so much... Look, look at it this way. If you okay. put an ad on television and it's for alcohol... You know, you're actually stimulating somebody to think about having alcohol. Where they have it is neither here nor there. The fact is that they consume it. And Liam, are you, is zero, zero, well, my experience, I was in the supermarket there 10 days ago and I saw the zero, zero alcohol outside the locked off space now that's used for alcohol. Yeah, they are as well, yeah. So they are allowed to do that? Well, I'm not sure that... <laughs> I'm not, I mean, the alcohol industry is a very shoddy, uh, shady industry, no you matter see, what well, way well, you dress well, it up, don't, if, if, don't, don't use the word shady, Dean. Well, use you know, they word. never... Don't, don't worry, you know, Joe. They they're, are, not, they are Joe legitimate. they're not going to come at you. The, okay. the last thing the alcohol industry is going to do is take a legal case against me or RTE, because they just won't, because it's just exposed it okay, even more. Well, so. we, still, we still have to operate within the borders of the Ten Commandments and not accuse anyone of... Lying, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. But, uh, but um, Liam, are they allowed place zero, zero alcohol outside that designated alcohol space in a supermarket? Yeah, to my knowledge, they can. Yes, okay. absolutely. Are they, are they allowed to advertise zero, zero alcohol at times where they're not allowed to advertise uh, full alcohol beer? Correct. Because the actual okay. act is, is quite specific in terms of the amount of alcohol in the product. Okay, now Simon Kenny has it. Maybe you can answer this, Liam. Simon Kenny, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you today? Five one double five one is our text number. I'm fine. I'm indoors, which is the main thing, which helps. <laughs> but um, Simon, you, you were out with your son. What happened? So we were going to a rugby match. And, okay. Uh, I wouldn't normally drink Guinness, but it was at probably a daylight today, and uh, I said, you know, a nice pint of Guinness before the game. Yeah. And I buy him a soft drink and happy days. So uh, we were standing at the bar waiting to get served and then uh, my 12-year-old said, could he have a glass of Guinness? And I said, absolutely no way. And then he said, well, um, can I get a glass or a pint of the Zero Zero Guinness? Okay. And I looked at him and, of course, naturally the first thing was no. But then these little questions were bouncing around my head saying, well, actually, legally, 
Is he allowed to sit in, a 12-year-old allowed to sit in a bar with a pint of zero zero Guinness? And then the second thing that was, that he's mm. 12, and he knows that there's no alcohol in it, and yes, he, he, he wanted a glass of it, and it just goes to show you the power of that type of marketing. Unbelievable. Do you, do you know the answer to that question, Liam? I presume the law says that under-18s cannot be sold. I presume it's sold anything in, in a... In a, in a well, they can buy tato, can't they? Not a bar yeah, of I mean, to my knowledge, it's a bit like cider and Cidona, you know, to a certain extent. Um, but, to, you know, you, anybody could have the Cidona um, and have done for years, for decades, Joe. Yeah. Just the aesthetics of a 12-year-old sitting in a yeah. pub with a pint of zero-zero Guinness. Now, obviously, everybody else might think, uh, I bought him a pint of Guinness, but I just thought, number one, A, the power of, of marketing, and number two, legally, like, could he sit there with a pint of zero-zero Heineken, zero-zero Guinness? Yeah, but you get, um, you get the other punter saying, hang on a minute, who's his parents? Absolutely, yeah, and rightly so, rightly so. But in saying that, you know, who is there? Is there a law being broken? Um, and and that's what I'd sort of that that would be my question. And then you you might have seen there's no zero zero wine. There's lots of zero zero wine and prosecco yep. and champagne and the zero zero gin, isn't there? there and is, the zero yeah. zero vodka, yeah. whatever. So it's it's a, it's a, it's a but, but Liam, are you saying that none of these zero zero products have intrinsic validity? But their main purpose is to sell the main product. Their main purpose is to sell the main product. Oh, is it okay? And, and, and bear in mind also that people, people who do have issues with, with the likes of, um, you know, with alcohol or whatever, do try and, you know, try these products, uh, you know, from time to time. Yeah. And then, of course, they realize they're not getting the hit. They're not getting the mood-altering effect that alcohol, you know, gives as a drug. So from that point of view, they, they invariably end up going back on the, on the hard stuff. But okay. isn't it amazing Simon, that yeah. a, a 12-year-old sort of understands that, A, there's no alcohol in it, and B, that it's a legitimate question to ask, could he actually have a glass of Guinness or a pint of Guinness or a glass of, of zero zero Heineken or a pint of zero zero Heineken? And other than the aesthetics of other people staring, is he or who's, is there a law being broken? Obviously, uh, you know, I, there, I'm not comfortable with it at all. But the fact that he can actually decipher the difference between non-alcoholic and alcoholic, uh, between the zero-zero and just a standard pint of Guinness, I think it's quite alarming. It goes and, back if he's to, getting, and if he's getting these messages on social correct, media as well, it doesn't correct. help. Well, it's, it's everywhere. You know, it's everywhere. Um, but I just thought it was, it, was, it, it was funny in one sense, but very, very disturbing in another sense okay, um, okay. that he could process that. Do we know what the answer is? I I presume the answer is no, we can't. Sorry. And if if the answer was yes, it would soon turn to no because the doll, once they get back into the chamber when the rain stops, would would (laughs) knock knock it on the head pretty quickly. Yeah, but the the alcohol, the legislation at the moment, Joe, is related to the strength of the alcohol in the drink. That's right. I don't know how you're going to legislate uh, for that, quite frankly. But I think the other issue that we really need to get is to get alcohol out of our sports to the extent that no other nation in the world is actually got Guinness Six Nations and the same team goes to France and the French authorities protect their young and say, you can't do that. Alcohol is banned from sports. That's true. But remember, where was it? What, what, what championship did they, what, was it the, the Euros or it might have been the World Cup? Didn't Carlsberg get around the ban in France by pushing Carlsberg 0-0? Well, they may have done that, but I tell you what also appeared in the ad that I just saw since you came on air, and that is on the Heineken Zero Zero ad, they put up all the actual championships that they actually support. Okay, well, what would they happen without Heineken? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> what can I say? Marketing is an evolution. It's Andy Ring, Andy. You're, so, you're, you're retired. I'm in marketing myself, and I know a little bit about it. So. Okay, well, enlighten us, please. You're very welcome. Okay, um... In my opinion, the two, I actually spoke to a publican many years ago in Dublin. Okay. I'm a magazine publisher for years. And uh, I just said to him, by the way, I said, um, there's a lot of people coming in here I, at the end of the day, are they alcoholics? He said, without him, Andy, I wouldn't be in business. Now, I am convinced that without 
There's two businesses in Ireland that depend on uh, addiction. They are bookies and publicans. Now, because of the drink uh, culture in Ireland, I think mm. the schools... Um, I, I mean, I, I, I was in a... I ended up in a coma uh, from pancreatitis from alcohol 16 okay. years ago. And I haven't had a drink since. But I wasn't aware that I would end up in a coma. When I started drinking 17 or 18, the ads on TV and so on, everything was great, wonderful. And But I, I think that, uh, A... Should be uh, it, it, people should be, in Ireland should be educated about the dangers of drink and um, advertising, including uh, advertising for drink. I mean, the, the new ad for um, Ladbrokes with Rocky that cost about fifty million, Joe, just to make before they actually um, put it on TV. So much, mm. you know, they're always paying for that ad, Joe. So I don't know the ad you're talking about. Rocky, I guess it's, there's a movie Rocky. It's on. Uh, that's a mess about it's on Sky. And anyway, that ad is costing between 30 and 50 million okay. just to me. The people who are paying for that ad, Joe, are losers. Bookies. People who go to bookies then lose money. Well, the bookies aren't losers. No, the people who. Yeah, but bookies then lose the money. Oh, sorry, you mean. Sorry, sorry. I'm not, I'm not deliberately. The money they're using. Okay, okay. And like. Uh, yeah, but people. Now, like, but Andy, is it not fair to say people like in moderation and moderation and moderation? Oh, absolutely love. You actually, Joe, uh, jo, I have nothing against alcohol. Abs- I think it's the great. It's, it's an absolutely fantastic, great crack. I, I, I still miss it, Joe. To be honest with you, but I didn't know that you 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 reach you reach a, a stage where you're an alcoholic. You don't realise you're an alcoholic. You know, you don't realise that you're. Mm. You've, actually, when I left the Matter Hospital, I had a, a huge, big file and a covering letter to Dr. Connington in Portland Hospital from the specialist in the hospital was. Unfortunately for him, his tolerance for, for alcohol was far greater than his colleagues. Now, that was practice, Joe. That's practice. And because mm-hmm. I was in the magazine, I, I, if I write a book, I started off in the music business. Then I went into the publishing business. And if I ever write a book, I'll say, I always wanted to be a rock star. Uh, but uh, I ended up in publishing, living the life of a rock star. Because I was out at press receptions every day, Don Parley on Champagne. Mm-hmm. Free, free, free booze. Flights all over the world. I was in Israel. I was in Mombasa. I with models doing fashion shoots because I, because the weather in Ireland was just not suitable for a fashion shoot. Yeah, of course, yeah. I was in tourism. Oh, for a because of the money spent on honeymoons, it's huge. So I got him. I got the. This was my own idea. I don't know why I wasn't copied. I went onto the, the the Kenyan tourist board, the Israeli tourist board, the, the Italian tourist board. And I told them the numbers of people going abroad under honeymoons massive. So I got invited, and I brought out a uh, uh, crew of eight and nine people to 14 countries, Joe, to promote uh, tourism. In countries, to bring people from Ireland to, to the... It was a huge success. Now, another yeah. thing, just before I go on, during the Christmas, a bottle of whiskey in the supermarket, Joe, is 20 euros. That's one euro for, for a shot. 20 okay. shots, yeah, okay. It's five were in a, in a pub. So, again, it's... It's unfair trading, I think. Well, well Pascal Donahue gets 17 euro from, does he want 15 euro from that bottle? Say that again, Joe? Doesn't the, doesn't the tax, doesn't the state get 15 euro from every bottle of whiskey? Oh, I agree. I agree, but they shouldn't be, in my opinion now, the, it's dangerous that the supermarket selling drink uh, is dangerous because you need to give it away and it's a, it's a, it's a lost leader. You know what a lost leader is, uh, yeah, and they're yeah. at the front of, of supermarkets, as you know. Yeah. You notice the drink is at the front of a supermarket. That's where lost leaders are. Well, there's a not control now. And is, is, the, is the problem at the minute is the seepage of zero, zero alcohol outside the enclosure where, where alcohol well, is. Now, Joe, in my opinion, of zero, zero alcohol. And I'm not being funny here. I think there's only two reasons for drinking. One is because you're thirsty. Yeah. And when you drink one pint, that's, that's your thirst finish. That's your thirst finish, yeah. And the other one's going to buzz. If you drink three or four pints, you're not going to, I wouldn't drink three or four pints of non-alcoholic. I wouldn't drink three or four, I wouldn't drink three or four uh, uh, drinks of any kind except alcohol. I'm sure you're the same, Joe. Yeah, but you're off the drink. Is that what you're not saying? Do you not saying Yeah, but I'm just saying, though, that if I was in, if I was out, I wouldn't drink any more than one non-alcoholic drink. There's no point, because yeah. the is the only reason to drink. <laughs> and, the other reason, and the other reason is to get okay. buzz. And what do you think of zero zero? What do you think of the alibi marketing? Is that a real phenomenon? I think it's. I think it's an excuse to um, get over selling okay. the alcohol. Um, and and I, to go back to the origin of this debate, uh, d- did you hear about the uh, g- 
Guinness programme featuring Niall Horan and Lewis Capaldi and it was broadcast on Virgin Media I didn't, it's gone oh. on Prime. Okay. Okay. We're still we're still asking the question. I think it's a legitimate question. Who paid for that programme? Who paid for that programme? Did the BAI pay for it? Did did Virgin One pay for it? Did Prime pay for it? Or did Guinness well, I presume, pay for it? I presume, well, I presume Joe, there's there's um, um product placement in, in, in the programme, is there? In which in the in the Andy's talking to me about oh there was more it was more than product placement they were filmed uh, in Dublin Airport drinking Guinness they were filmed at the Guinness storehouse they were filmed at the gates of Guinnesses they were filmed I don't a, have a problem with that Joe sorry I didn't okay, get okay, okay. I don't have a problem with that I don't have a problem with um, the marketing of Guinness as a, a tourist attraction I think it's a, because they're not they're not asking you to drink, drink eight pints of Guinness and three okay, or four whiskeys okay okay it's just it's just a, it's a pint of Guinness which is great. There's nothing wrong with a pint of Guinness or two or three pints of Guinness. My argument is that, or not, my, my suggestion, my, my discussion okay. here is, is the, is the addiction of both alcohol and backing, bookies. And they go hand in hand. I mean, you see people drinking and going into the bookies mm. and back into the pub and back into the bookies. Yeah, but then you, and, yeah, but then, then you hear the number of people employed in all these industries. I agree, Joe. I agree, but I don't have an idea. I had just idea. Now, when the but you see, but, but Andy, you see the difference. And I'm trying to paraphrase Kevin yesterday. The difference between that program with Niall Horan and Lewis Capaldi, the Guinness one, is is that it wasn't it wasn't a program with alcohol placement. It was an alcohol right. program with people placement. Do you follow yes, but me? Guinness wasn't Guinness the biggest the biggest um, product. Wasn't Guinness the main the main reason for the for the whole purpose of the programme, no? That's, that's what we're asking. Who paid for it? Of course it was. We can't get so, in that. Well, we, we don't know that. Liam, sorry, Liam. Yeah, can, I just, blow, can I just blow away this, this myth us. of... Um, can I just blow away this myth of um, uh, economic benefits of the, the drinks industry in Ireland as such? I mean, mm. what's never spoken about is the fact that one and a half thousand hospital beds, you know, are, are, are basically yeah. taken up on an ongoing basis with, with alcohol addiction and the likes. 70% of ambulance calls, 50% of Garda calls, and 30% of court time. And all of that's related to alcohol. But still, you don't say ban alcohol, Liam. <laughs> well, you know, there's a way, no, I, I believe there should be a three. No, a three I think there should, be, there should be education, Joe. Yeah. There should be legislation that's enforced. And we should have a national day of remove the shame. Actually, Joe, remove, Simon here. Sorry, remember, um, sorry, Liam, remove the shame from what? What I believe is that there's an awful lot of there's an awful lot of people, as I mentioned earlier, that have problems, perhaps themselves, but also yeah, have yeah. family members, also yeah. have um, you know relatives on that that actually uh, have issues with with alcohol, alcohol addiction, and related uh, products, and a lot of that is buried in shame to the extent that they won't come out and talk about it because it's still regarded as a, as a, a big stain, even though, you know, alcoholism by large is, is, is a disease. And so what I'm trying to say is that we need a day where we can actually debug this whole thing and actually, you know, even from the mm -hmm. highest, uh, you know, the highest person of the land to actually come out and say, yes, I have a, a problem with alcohol or my you know, my, my father or my grandfather or whatever, in order to try and normalize, not normalize the actual alcohol, but normalize the fact that people do have, you know, detrimental problems as a result of it. And then you can begin to move forward honestly. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, Joe, Simon, Joe. Simon, yes, Simon. Um, uh, just very quickly, just, so as far as I, I know, adverts from uh, to advertise alcohol, you can't advertise between 3 a.m. and 9 p.m. Um, okay. in, in, in the day. I'm just wondering, uh, and I don't know the answer to this question, but I'm just wondering, the zero zero alcohol, can that be advertised at any time? And therefore, is this sort of, again, go oh, back to well, what your first gentleman said about it's almost like a, it's, a, it's a programming, it's a conditioning, and then We've seen that with my 12-year-old uh, asking the question. So really, should zero, zero, because a lot of the ads are glorifying being in a pub and alcohol and, okay, the fact that maybe somebody is drinking versus somebody that isn't drinking. So really, should they, should the, the zeros, once you're advertising alcohol, no matter whether, whether it's zero, zero or not, should that follow the same guidelines 
as okay. advertised. Liam, in Liam are you, can you answer that, Liam? Are they is zero zero uh, subject to the same regulations in in media and broadcasting? No, it's, no, it's not because again okay. the regulations are based on the actual content of alcohol, and it starts at zero point two percent. So, okay. so from that point of view, uh, they've got a nice little. <laughs> A nice little escape hatch there. Can I get in here, Joe, a second? Okay, Andy, briefly, yeah, please. Um, I think that, what's the point, pardon the pun, on a non-alcoholic beer? I mean, why not drink Coke or orange or whatever? I mean, it's, it's, the, the reason, I think, is, is to get away with advertising. The brand. Okay, and okay. I wouldn't encourage kids That's... to drink a non-alcoholic beer, for yeah. obvious reasons. Well, listen to Mark and Wicklow. Mark, you, you say, what does zero alcohol mean to you, Mark? Um, it, means, it means I can actually meet a couple of my friends. Um, sorry, I, I, it means I can meet a couple of friends, go out for a beer, not have to be worried about my license the following day. And as somebody who would have, you know, kind of in in um, in the past, you drank alcoholic beer and still do. It's lovely for me to think I can go out, have a few beers instead of okay. trying to drink coke all night long. And then would I don't have to worry about getting into my car. Would you drink yeah, four or five pints of non-alcoholic beer? Yep, certainly. Okay, and you get do you get a nice most people drinkers would not would it, would it, would well, like, there. Yeah, I like a beer. The same as my, yeah, well, like some people might like a Smithix or a Guinness or a Harp or whatever. If there's no well, I'm, I'm, just, I, I'm I'm speaking from somebody who is um, that soldier. I would I would drink one non alcoholic drink. But there's no point in having it because it's nice. Okay, but well, that's okay. just different. The second one doesn't taste the same. Yeah, but that's just different yeah. strokes for different folks. Mark says he he he's happy doing it. And he's able to drive home under the under the well. Under I guarantee you one thing, Joe. Which is great. If the if the, if the Guinness yeah. or Carlsberg or Heineken depend on non-alcoholic drink to make profit, they would go, wouldn't be in business. Oh, I know. They are I well. The, the, sorry, well, they charge they charge I, the I, same I price for the pints, okay. from what I understand. They charge okay. the same price. Yeah, but then remember the gin. The gin manufacturers argued that it, it it was the reason why the bottle of non-alcoholic gin was around the same price as the bottle of alcoholic gin is that it took us it, it took us as as much resources to get the alcohol no, out of the gin on, just, as into the gin. Okay. The There's only probably two or three people drinking non-alcoholic beer. That's that's called why does the stock stock it then? Choice, choice, also, choice, choice. Okay, okay. I'm gonna leave, leave. The, argument. the argument is alcohol, not non-alcoholic beer. I don't know why you're talking about non-alcoholic beer. There's no issue with non-alcoholic beer. The problem is alcohol. It's non-alcoholic alcohol. drinks. Yeah. If someone likes a glass of wine and they have a glass of non-alcoholic wine and they like There's to no taste it, they can sit there. By the way, sorry, what's your name? That's Mark. Mark. Uh, Mark, Andy, Mark. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a glass of wine with alcohol. Or a glass of wine, or, or a glass of non-alcoholic wine. The point, I think Joe is trying to make here, is the excessive mm. drinking of alcohol. I don't know why we're even discussing that. No, we're talking about alibi marketing. And we're still, we're still, yeah, we're still but, trying to... Yeah, okay, but we, 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 we do drink a lot. But do uh, on this programme, I mean, as an item. But um, the, 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 the breweries the, are predicting that the, the, the yeah, alcohol... Yeah, but it began, it began with us yesterday, through Kevin, trying to find out what was Guinness's role in this programme on Sunday? How much well, if I was the CEO... Oh, we still, can't, we still can't get it. It's like the third secret of Fatima. We can't get the answer. Leave well, Joe, Simon, if I was the, Andy, C- if Mark, I was the CEO yes. of Guinness, yes. I'd pay for the whole programme because it's massive I know, advertising. I know, I know. I know. Okay, okay. Go, go to me in the market. Yes, Mark, Andy, Simon, Liam. 51551 Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Audrey uh, Willite. Uh, Audrey, yeah, that's a- right. Lovely name. Audrey, good afternoon. Um, your, your dog is called Poppy. We were talking about dogs earlier on, Chico and the various other dogs, Shih Tzu, that, was, that were there. Uh, but you you have encountered a very unusual problem, challenge, with your beautiful, beautiful Bob, Pop, dog, Poppy, which is a therapy dog. That's right. And you bring Poppy into hospitals and she potters around and... People get a lovely sensation. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah seen... they do. She, they, they actually stroke her and pet her, yeah. and they can kind of wake up a little bit and become more tactile uh, from working with a therapy dog. Okay. So, yeah, um, yeah. My problem is that um, my insurance company that insured my dog mm-hmm. since she was born has refused to renew my insurance because my dog volunteers for one hour a week as a therapy dog and is also covered by the Irish therapy dog insurance for the period of time that she does that. And have they refused point blank to insure Poppy? 
Yes. And do they say why? Um, they said their loss adjuster uh, wouldn't approve it. Well, have, have they some actuarial proof that ter- therapy dogs, when they go into a hospital once a week, do more damage than they solve? Well, their objection seems to be based on that, but I'm actually suspicious that she's been with them for seven years and now she's getting to the age where something could happen to her. And even though I've never made a claim throughout the entire insurance policy, it could be the time that something might change. And I think they're just using it as an excuse to... And did they know know up to this year, Audrey, that Poppy was a therapy dog? They never asked me. Never asked. Oh, they're only asking now. And there is a question, sorry. There is a question on the the form now. Does your dog volunteer? There's a question that does your dog... Is your dog involved in any charity work or a therapy dog? And I explained that yeah. she does do the therapy dog well done, yeah. um, thing one hour a week. It's all I do in one yeah. home close to where I live. Yeah, yeah. And they said, oh, we have to check that out. And then they came back and they said, we can't insure you. And then I got on to the Irish therapy dog and leader, Brenda, who is very, very helpful. And she mm. said, no, you don't need to worry about that. We insure you while you're there. And she even gave me a copy of their insurance. And I sent mm. that through again to Blue Insurance. Okay. And they still refused to insure her. That's unfair, isn't it? It's very unfair because this is a... What are they a saying? Because, because Poppy meets more people, she might bite more people. Well, even if that was the case, which it couldn't be because we're tested. And, yeah, of course. You know, yeah, you're vetted. Yeah, 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 we're, we're completely checked out. But if she was to do anything or ever tripped anyone or accidentally did something in yeah. a home, she's covered by their policy okay. anyway. Well done, well done. So we want to get Poppy back into the hospital. I want to get Poppy. Yeah, we all do. We all do. We want to get... Have you ever seen the, the, the ones where they bring the little Shetland pony around a hospital? Or a hospital? I haven't seen absolutely that. I'd love to see that. Absolutely yeah. beautiful. Beautiful. Incredible reaction. OK, don't tell Poppy yet that she's out of a job, would you? Uh, we yeah, keep, well, I'm, we, we, I'm fighting it, but okay. I'm hoping that you can help me too. OK, we will do our best, Audrey. Joe at RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815.